Like many things in the kingdom of God, authority is a subject that often looks much different to God than it looks to the world. For example, while the disciples argued over greatness, Jesus taught us to be a servant of all. Today, we're tackling the topic of positional authority versus moral authority. Now, moral authority may not come with the status or titles that we sometimes seek after, but we'll see how it can actually create more influence and impact for good than climbing the quote-unquote ladder of success. We hope today's discussion will challenge your perception of leadership. Now, without delay, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And today's topic is coming from a training that uh, you, Dr. Melody, have just developed on the difference between positional authority and moral authority. So could you just quickly define for us those two categories, positional authority and moral authority? Sure. Um, Positional authority is my title, my position, my platform. It's that area of responsibility that I have, while moral authority I don't need a title or position, but I still can function in an authority that can impact and influence. And so positional authority is authority over, where uh, moral authority is authority with. And I am thoroughly convinced, without going into a lot of details, that we will have greater measures of impact and influence in our world, in our family, in our community with moral authority than we will ever have with positional authority alone. Okay. Yeah. So could you kind of give just like a practical uh, example of what someone in positional authority could look like? Yeah. um, They live, well, what positional authority could look like. Well, it could be a pastor, it could be a business owner, it could be a parent, a teacher, uh, you know, anyone with authority over individuals. Because a parent is responsible to lead their children. A teacher is responsible to teach and manage in a a classroom and a pastor. They are, quote unquote, the the head, as it were, of that local body. And so... uh, I think that's all of us have positional authority to some level. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I feel like that is probably what the world looks at the most is Mm -hmm. we want the platform. We want the position, uh, the title, as you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what is the value kind of that the world places on positional authority? Well, uh, a lot of times we pursue positional authority because we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel successful. We want to feel like we're achieving something, that we gained something. And And probably that sense of power as well, feeling like you're in control over something. Yeah. And and we'd rather tell people what to do than have other people tell us what to do. (laughs) And, And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, we pursue that. Now, there's nothing wrong with positional authority because that is our opportunity, uh, as I would say, to be an instrument of justice, to use our power for the good of others. And so when positional authority partners with moral authority, then we can do a whole lot of good in our world when we have that opportunity for positional authority. But if we have leaders who carry moral authority as well, we can have great impact. And you might not have any positional authority or you don't think you have, but if you carry moral authority, you'll have great influence. 
Okay. So the two aren't mutually exclusive. You can have one without the other mm-hmm. now, but they're most powerful when you have both. But can it be powerful to have moral authority without having that position? Most definitely. And in fact, that's really what will increase your leadership ability because now your influence isn't based upon someone having to listen to you, but they want to hear what you have to say because of what you carry and they're drawn to you. And it's not positional authority, uh, you know, it's temporary, really. You know, you leave that job, you go to another job, now you have no positional authority over the people you once did have authority over. And, um, but when you carry moral authority, for instance, I might go into corporate America and I don't have positional authority there except for the day that I'm bringing my training to the table. But when people continue to contact me afterwards and they want to develop a relationship with me, it's not because of what I taught or my position at that moment, Mm -hmm. it's because they saw a moral authority and they want to pull from that. So I actually have more influence and impact in my world with moral authority than I do uh, positional authority. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, when when someone has positional authority over you, sometimes, not all the times, but sometimes you can kind of have in the back of your mind, like, they are caring about me to get something from me or they're, um, you, you know, they're getting something from me because I am under their leadership. But with moral authority, it really could be anyone. It could be someone on a peer level that um, they have no real authority over you, but because of their life, because of yes. the reputation that they've built uh, with within themselves and with other people because of their track record of integrity and um, having that that moral uh, compass, then there's so much trust that's built. There's so much that you want to do what they say. You want to listen to their advice um, because it's it's just so pure in the person that they are and the way that you've experienced them. And with positional authority, it's what I do. It's what I bring to the table. But moral authority comes from who I am as an individual. What? And as Jesus is, so are yeah. we to be in this in this earth. Yeah. And so we have this amazing opportunity to practice what we preach. We have this amazing opportunity to be able to live in such a way that we're able to impact others for good. Yeah. And there is no expiration date to it. You know, it can't be taken away from us because it's what we carry. It's who we are and it's separate from what we do. Mm -hmm. And anybody can do that. A child can walk in moral authority. Uh, Any person who develops the nature and the character of Christ and treats others as God has ordained them to be treated will gain a moral authority that Mm -hmm. will increase their influence and impact in the world. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of touched on this right with what you just said, but um, so sometimes um, we want positional authority because our culture, our society kind of teaches us that that is something of um, that's worth seeking for whatever reason. But if you don't see the value in something, if you don't see how it's going to serve you or serve the world, you're not going to pursue it in your life. So I think moral authority is not something that we hear. That's not, uh, maybe we're hearing about it more now, but um, in our culture, 
what is the value of wanting to develop moral authority in your life? Because I think we can be a very me-focused culture. Mm -hmm. How is this going to serve me? And so if we think through that grid, why would I want to develop moral authority in my life? And what does that look like? Well, I think first of all, uh, we want to honor our God. <laughs> we want to yeah. seek first yeah. the kingdom. We want to uh, be more and more conformed to the image of Christ. So one of the greatest things that we can do to honor our God is to resent, uh, represent him on the earth. Yeah. So I think from a spiritual perspective, from an eternal perspective, mm -hmm. I know Joel says this, you know, it's not just creating value, but it's creating eternal value. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important because we must live our life in light of eternity. Yeah. And that is what builds moral authority. So is moral authority exclusive to, the, I guess, our realm, the Christian realm, or like, can someone outside of Christianity walk in moral authority? Like, can you explain that a little bit more? Uh, I totally believe that people can. It does not mean they're born again. It does not mean uh, that they're thinking maybe from an uh, eternal perspective like we would think. But the fact is, I have seen so many people do amazingly good things and have the right heart, the right motives, the right character, and they're not believers yeah. because they've trained their soul to do that which is right, whether it's been you know, their upbringing or they've seen injustice and they want to be the opposite of injustice. Mm -hmm. But what moral authority looks like, and everyone can make a choice. You know, I, I know, Joel, you talk a lot about the fruit of the Spirit, and it's about the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And if you take all the fruits of the Spirit, man, that's moral authority right there. And so, but what does it look like? Um, it's where we live by principles that are applicable and they are good for everyone, me included. I don't have a different standard for myself than I expect of others. Mm -hmm. And we recognize God is no respecter of person. You know, God judges every person by the same standard. Yeah. So I cannot expect you to be or to do something I'm not willing to do and to be. And what what's the greatest thing that we can be according to the kingdom? A servant of all, you know, we give our lives uh, for the good of others. So that's why if we have positional authority and moral authority, we can do so much good yeah. because now as one with positional authority, we can walk as a servant and it has great impact on people because here the pastor, the teacher, that governmental leader or whatever really wants what's good for us. Yeah. And it causes uh, you to look at them through a realm of trust because mm -hmm. when you have moral authority, you become a trust builder. And that's mm -hmm. so, so important. So when you talk about positional authority, I think of it as leading from top down. Mm-hmm. And moral authority is leading from the bottom up. So you're serving, right? You're lifting other people up. So positional can just be kind of like, I'm in charge, you do what I say, mm -hmm. and leading from a top-down mentality. And moral authority is, no, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to lift you up so that we as a team, we as a group can accomplish something great. So is that 
Is that a good yeah. way to put it? In a sense, it's what life exchange is all about, isn't it? It's about us partnering together, serving one another, valuing one another, wanting good for one another. Yeah. And so when we function in that, we build such a level of trust that it's not an up-down thing. It's not a competitive thing. It's a partnership thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we in ministry, we want to see everyone be a part of community, yeah. We want to see everyone bring their best to the table, not just in what they do, but who they are as a human being uh, and representing Christ in that way. And I love equipping the body of Christ to know how to go into the marketplace arena with moral authority. Mm -hmm. Uh, because when they do that, it's what's going to open up hearts. It's what's going to build platforms for us to bring the kingdom wherever we go. And I think that's so important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just kind of processing as you were talking. I was thinking about, you know, Jesus really addressed this, right? He was saying the leaders that you're used to experiencing, it's always been about their selfish, mm -hmm. um, their selfish ambition, what best suits for them individually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the disciples were arguing, arguing who would be the greatest. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus said, I want to give you a new way of looking at leadership. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, if you want to be great, this is how you do it. You have to serve. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think with that, it's really important because um, you you don't want to go into it thinking, well, if I am if I have this level of moral authority, that is going to give me positional authority. It's not because the the motive stays the same that you're right. not doing this to gain power position. That that may come, um, but it's not the motive behind moral authority is not to gain positional authority. Exactly. Because see, then our lifestyle, our decisions are based upon and it's submitted to truth, mm -hmm. the truth, not my truth, <laughs> yeah. not my experience, not the things that I'm trying to gain for myself, but the truth. So I go back to the word of God, which is the absolute truth. And we're even seeing in our world, science is beginning to line up with truth in our validation quotient, you know, training. It it talks about the power of validating others. And science has discovered that we'll be emotionally healthy if we truly value and honor others. Yeah. And so that's so powerful because if we really become a validator in our world, we're going to build moral authority. Yeah. And you don't have to have position to do that. Yeah. I was thinking of, you know, those movies uh, or like even reading leadership books where it talks about like if you if you get into a new a position of authority, kind of look for those who actually have leadership in the room that might not have yes. mm -hmm. there you uh, go. the position mm -hmm. and really try to win them over. Like, you know, those old football movies mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, go after the person that really has that quote unquote moral authority in the room so that if you can affect them, then yeah. so mm -hmm. is that, so you can, ha that's kind of what we were talking about. It, you can have that, that, that moral authority without necessarily having the position. And, and as I said earlier, there's no expiration at, 
date to that. Mm -hmm. No matter where you go, no matter what position you have or don't have, it does not change the moral authority that you carry. And so this is something every person can choose to walk in because they're going to refuse to compromise their moral convictions. You know, Mm -hmm. no matter what culture says, no matter the loudest voices, no matter what's going on in our world, no matter who is doing right or who is doing wrong, I'm not going to compromise. And that's really powerful because because if I don't just go with the flow or if I don't change my convictions to what benefits me, no, here I'm going to live in a way that is consistent no matter what's taking place in my world, no matter what's taking place in my nation, no matter what's taking place in my organization. Or even if someone I know and love and value backslides or they do something crazy or they fall into sin, guess what? If I walk in moral authority, I'm not going to be moved. It's going to hurt me. I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to struggle with that, but I'm not going to change who I am no matter what anybody else does. Even if it's inconvenient for me, I will not compromise the moral authority that I walk in. And I think that's so important because we got to hold steady our course Mm -hmm. as believers, no matter what's taking place in our world. We can't succumb to the pressure. We can't uh, succumb to uh, doing those things that benefit ourselves. Uh, and compromise. We want to walk in that moral authority. And that's going to take self-management. It's going to take a determination to continue to feed upon truth, continue to lean upon the grace of God to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not quite sure how to go here, but I'm thinking, you know, um, (laughs) I'm thinking work in in a work sense. Um, Moral authority doesn't always pay the bills because you can be a cashier, you know, entry level position and have a lot of moral authority. Um, But in our world, typically that position earns you more money. (laughs) Um, And so I'm just kind of thinking, you know, what are those ways, you know, maybe you're in that entry level and and you're, you're not getting the promotions, you're not, you know, how do you reconcile that inside of yourself of, well, if I, you know, backstabbed and and did what the world does, I might be able to get higher positionally, but that breaks the convictions inside of you. I'm not quite sure if I'm you oh, know, bringing I, this I lived, well. Well, but. I wasn't a believer then, but when I lived in Washington, D.C., I embraced the culture to survive. Yeah. You know, I was climbing the corporate ladder, and let's say I would have been a strong believer. The fact is, when you're in that culture, uh, there is a pressure that if you want to make enough money to be able to survive yeah. in that uh, right. in DC or in the DC metro area, you got to make some money just to pay your rent. Yeah. And so uh, I just think it takes a greater measure of trust in God. And I think about it with like Daniel. Daniel refused to compromise. Yeah. He was willing to lose his position. He was willing to lose his life because when they said they, a law came out that says you can't pray. Right. <laughs> to, to God or, you know, someone else. You cannot do that. He did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And that was a moral authority that even the king respected. Yeah, And God backed him up. And so it's just going to take a determination to so feed upon what I said earlier, absolute truth, that we really run to the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. And um, because guess what? You can compromise and you can get there 
and it'll never satisfy you because when I compromise what I know is truth, I cannot live with Melody Hilton. And so we just have to believe God in the midst of a very ever-changing cultural landscape. Mm -hmm. We really need the grace of God. And I think we can look around our world and we can see the persecution of Christians. We can see so many things that is just breaking our hearts. Uh, But they refuse to compromise that moral standing that they have no matter what it looks like. But I also believe that when when we walk with moral authority, we set ourselves apart. Mm-hmm. Just like going back to Daniel, it won him favor with the king. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it won them favor yeah. with the king because they saw God backing them up. And so I think we're living in a day and age where we're coming to greater measures of deciding today, whom will we serve? Mm -hmm. And if we truly serve the Lord, we will see that God not only has our back in spiritual things, but he has our back in natural things, and he does supply all our needs. But I, I think as we move forward, you know, I, I have my own consulting company. I have to look and say, will I compromise? Will I take on the rhetoric of the day, the language right. of the day? Will I take on uh, realms of compromise so I get a con- consulting job? Mm. I can't do that. Yeah. And, you know, I've just settled some things in my heart uh, that I am able to value and celebrate and build and be a light in darkness Mm -hmm. without compromising my moral authority. And I'm learning more and more that it's building key relationships, uh, not just with getting a job, but with people in positions of authority. And that's what Daniel had. That's what Joseph had. (laughs) And, And, you know, because of their moral authority and the anointing they carried, it gave them positions of authority. It gave them titles. It gave them influence that they could impact a nation. And I believe that when we walk in that, we're going to see God give us those platforms Mm -hmm. so that we can use them to advance the kingdom without preaching, without doing aggressive spiritual things, but we're going to be able to go in with a language that partners with the character of heaven. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So it's really trusting that God is your provider. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're going to live by his laws, then you're going to reap the benefits of his kingdom. So, yeah, that can definitely take an element of trust, though. I, mm-hmm. I know, you sure know, does. if you're thinking about how am I going to feed my family and, you know, do these things, it's it's really a step of trust. But if you look through the Bible and through, you know, our history with God, you see how he uh, has never left the righteous. He's never forsaken the righteous. He's never left their children begging bread. He is He is that ultimate provider. Mm-hmm. He takes care of his own. And so um, I think and that's we, good to just constantly remind ourselves when we're talking about this is that this is, we're serving his kingdom. So mm-hmm. we're under his laws. So we're under his benefits. And we've talked about this in other podcasts, but I become the opposite of who I am when I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. So I'm, if I'm just focused on that, it's really fear generated. Mm-hmm. It's not faith generated. Yeah. And when I function in fear, I literally position myself for emotional failure, for mm-hmm. spiritual failure. It's very tormenting. To yes, live it is. 
in fear because mm-hmm. you're you're constantly trying to figure it out instead of you know giving it to him. And we and don't trusting. make as good of decisions. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, uh, I'd like to talk about it on kind of a, a more personal, private, non corporate level. But uh, when we walk with moral authority, we are the same in public and in private. We don't live a double standard. We don't act one way at home and then another way in public. And when that becomes who we are, wherever we are at, it builds more authority. And I think that's really important. In fact, I believe that's our training ground. What do we do in our home? What do we do when no one's looking? Yeah. I think this is really the foundation of our own personal intrinsic moral authority that will give us courage to walk in more visible moral authority when we go outside of our homes. Yeah. So really integrity. Integrity. Yep. Yeah. That's a good word for it. It, it, it sure is. Yeah. And it, I think that is good because I think sometimes we can have, you know, different sides of us for different areas. So uh, this is the work, Katie. This is the home, Katie. This is the family, Katie. This is the play, Katie. And we kind of turn off and on different parts of ourselves. Um, but what you're saying is really when we are the same person wherever we go, um, that right there just immediately builds trust. I remember I had a, I have a friend and I would just say, you know, one thing I love about you is no matter where we go, you're the same person. Mm-hmm. Like you're the same goofy, you know, <laughs> she don't care who's watching her dance in the aisle. Like it doesn't matter because she's the same person wherever she goes. And that is very, that, that brings security. It brings mm-hmm. a level of um, not worrying about who this person is going to be when they're not in front of me uh, because I'm seeing their life is the same everywhere that they go. I love in uh, Colossians, I want to read this. It's in the Passion uh, Translation, Colossians 3.23. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. And I think it's like, God, (laughs) I want to be in a place that who I am and the authority I carry is first over myself mm-hmm. before it is in relationship to others. And it's really unto the Lord and not unto men. And I think it's so important because going back to the question you had before, what about if I need that position or whatever? Now what I'm doing, it's all for men. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking to men to be my supply. And in the process, I lose moral authority. I even lose spiritual authority. And and that we don't want to go there as believers. It's just going to take a whole lot more courage in contemporary society than it did maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are some? Uh, do you have anything over there, Joel? You're quiet today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just listening okay. right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, but and really, even in, in talking, you know, talking about Joel, you know, I see him with his kids, and I see how he teaches and trains his kids, and he, it, it's not just being a parent telling the kids what to do, but he's teaching and training and living before them a lifestyle that is building his moral authority with his children. Mm -hmm. Because tell you, you begin to resent somebody who just tells you what to do. Yeah. But when they live what they're telling you, then you respect them. Because with positional authority, you don't have to respect that person at all. Yeah. 
You know, I could have an abusive parent, I could have an abusive husband, I could have an abusive boss or whatever it might be. And I'll obey them because they have positional authority. I got to obey them. I could be in the military. And if you don't obey them, you are breaking the law. You've got to obey your superiors. But that doesn't mean you love, value them, celebrate them or respect them. But when you have moral authority, it generates respect. Mm -hmm. And that's separate from positional authority. And I think every parent must recognize that that's how they will impact their kids over the long haul because they're walking in moral authority with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about positional authority, I I, I was kind of processing it and, and thinking about, you know, p- positional authority can really be given to you by men. Mm-hmm. But... Men cannot give you moral authority. Yeah. And I think of that scripture verse where it talks about, uh, therefore submit to God, mm-hmm. resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Yep. So the, that moral authority that you have comes from actually submission to his authority. And so I think that's one of the ways that you can really develop moral authority is submitting yourself to God and from that place you actually have authority to not just bring change in an organization, but even a change over the environment or the the yeah. culture of an environment. Yeah. Yeah. I also think of the scripture that says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord mm-hmm. and he will lift you up. And I love that it's humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. You're submitting again, you're submitting to him and then he will lift you up because it doesn't come from men. Like you were saying, it mm-hmm. comes from him. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but God is the creator of all of humanity. Mm -hmm. And so every human being uh, will respond to the nature and the character of God. And when that is through us, they might not recognize why we are. In fact, I've led people to the Lord uh, doing consulting jobs because they go, I've never met anyone (laughs) like you. You're unlike any consultant I've ever met. And they say, why? And I say, well, do you want to know? And because what is good in me isn't because of melody. It is because it is of the spirit of God inside of me and who he is in the midst of me that causes me not to want to copy the world or copy uh, how somebody else does it or copy another consultant, but to truly be authentic and be who God created me to be individually. Yeah. And that's just a place of fulfillment because I don't have to compare myself with someone else. I want to be wholly authentic. Yeah. And when you're real, I've learned that people would rather a real, a real authentic, imperfect person yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than a fake. Yeah. Yeah. And that really pulls into integrity. You know, for me, I, I value authenticity. And so if I'm going to, if I'm having a flaw, um, I can be real and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm working on this and just allowing that humility to be there that we don't have this, um, fear of, Oh, I have to be perfect in order to have moral authority. No, you just have to be open that we're all still growing. We're all still learning. We're all still developing this inside of us. Cause I think, you know, if, if I'm working on having this moral authority and, um, you know, I get caught in a lie or, you know, something something happened, I said something, I didn't mean it, and then I try to cover it up, well, because I'm, because I'm trying to hold that perfect image, 
then I'm losing moral authority. But if I own up to it, if I clean up my mess, if I, you know, if I make a mistake Mm -hmm. and I am there to then clean it up, then I'm showing that moral authority. It's not about an image of perfection. It's about um, that authentic journey that I'm on to develop this moral authority. Now, you can't hear this podcast and go into your place of uh, influence and say, you must respect my moral I mean, no. authority. <laughs> you don't have to do that. No. Now, I, I think kind of what we were talking about is that, well, let me put it this way. Uh, consistency will create culture. Mm-hmm. And yes. so how do, we, how do we create that culture of moral authority? Well, it first begins within us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We first have to we first have to be consistent and and like what you were talking about Katie be, have integrity do things when people aren't looking mm-hmm. and then from that then we welcome people into that environment that we created mm-hmm. yeah that is it's so good because i love in james 1 where it says a double minded man is unstable in all his ways mm-hmm. and so that's why we have to be authentic because who we are in public and who we are in private just being who god created us to be submitting ourselves under the lordship of christ knowing the thoughts and ways of heaven and if we can model that in our lives and put ourselves in a position make a conscious uh, choice, an intentional choice to say, I refuse to say one thing and do another. Mm-hmm. And really, that's where conviction comes from. It's not always from the Holy Spirit per se. It is from our own conscious saying, okay, you say this, but you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you know, so we can't live with ourselves. I talked about not lying, and then I just said a lie. I talked about treating others kindly, and I just was rude to that person. And so that conviction comes in and said, okay, Melody, deal with yourself, you know, confront what's in the inside of you, because we do not want uh, to be double-minded, mm-hmm. because that will diminish our moral authority, not just externally, but we have to be able to look internally and recognize I'm carrying that authority. Yeah. And it causes me to even trust myself. I'm not saying trust myself separate because I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. It's just knowing that I've walked in this enough that if I'm in a particular situation, I know I'm not going to compromise. Yeah. And, you know, I've told people, you can put me right in the middle of a bar and there's no way a drink's going to go through my mouth, you know? (laughs) When I was an alcoholic, man, I know that I know. I trust myself implicitly uh, when it comes to drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. because that is a conviction I've made in my own life because of my past. And so I can trust how I'm going to make my decisions in certain areas of my life. And when you can trust your own moral authority in different areas, it is so easy to be authentic when you go outside Mm -hmm. of the doors of your home. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it it all has to be really coded in grace Mm -hmm. uh, and recognizing that you are still a growing, developing, maturing person. Um, And so again, you know, when, when we're purposing to develop in areas of moral authority, then yes, every day I'm making the determination that this is the person that I'm going to be. And then when you mess up, don't just, you know, throw it all out <laughs> and don't um, beat yourself up, but That's right. but follow that conviction, lead into that conviction, mm-hmm. repent, say, okay, I got it wrong today. Uh, repent, change, and then we move forward in the, in the right direction. So it it is not about 
perfection. That's right. Um, it is about, and you know, when you've lived through something, when you've done it wrong, then you value doing it right even more. There you <laughs> go. So, um, you know, I know the wins mean more to me when I've experienced the losses. That's and so, so um, it is just really coding it in grace, knowing that we have grace for every single day. Uh, his mercies are new every morning and walking this out. And again, as you said, Joel, consistency creates culture. And so it is um, making the decision one after another, after another, after another. And that's going to really um, create that moral authority with inside of you that is then going to be evident in the world around you. And I think what you said is so good because it's not about perfection. And one thing that builds moral authority is when I acknowledge to somebody else, oh, Katie, I really screwed up. Yeah. Joel, forgive me. Yeah. That was why doing that was just wrong. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. Yeah. And adjusting myself and repenting before others, asking for forgiveness very quickly, it causes you to trust me more. Yeah. Now you recognize, oh my goodness, if if mama's going to come and make this right, I can trust her more than I did before. She truly does carry moral authority. Yes. And you might not use his words, yeah. but you can trust me more. And so it's not about perfection. It's about even making it right when we do it wrong. Yeah. And I'm really glad you brought that to the table because we don't want to make this sound like you have to be this perfect person. No. And the moment you make a mistake, you have lost all moral authority. That is not the case at all when you make it right. Yeah. Uh, but with that said, we want to make sure we keep our word even at our own hurt mm -hmm. or we repent even when we've done something wrong. So we 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 just got to make some things right if, if we fail. Yeah. And that's not... You know, it's a pride thing. We can, we come against pride when we make it right, which builds moral authority, right? Yeah. So whenever we obey God, the fact is we can become more trustworthy in our spheres of influence, and that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was just thinking, you know, um, Doctor Melody, have you ever taken one of those stupid Facebook? quizzes to tell you like which Disney princess you are? No, I've never yeah. done that. If you would have said yes, I would have been very surprised because <laughs> you are just <laughs> not that kind of person. But I was thinking, you know, if we were to take moral authority and kind of assess ourselves on what that looks like, um, wow. what are some questions that we could ask ourselves to kind of gauge where we are in moral authority? Wow. Uh, I would say do I make my decisions out of the fear of the Lord? And anyone who listens to <laughs> Life Exchange, my definition is I don't want to do anything that hurts my father's heart. Mm -hmm. And your definition, Katie? Nothing and no one comes above God. Right. And I think if we can make our decisions based upon the fear of the Lord, then we don't have to try to make deposits into our own moral authority bank. Yeah. We will just do it because when we honor God, we will automatically be building uh, moral authority mm -hmm. because there is wisdom in our actions when we walk in the fear of the Lord. And yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. So that could be a really big question, you know, am, am I walking in the fear of the Lord? That I feel like that's a really broad area. Um, but, you know, I was thinking, you can just ask yourself, am I a person of my word? Do I do what I say I'm going to do? And just the more we have these things in the forefront of our mind, the more we're going to recognize 
where we are and are not winning in that area. And so, um, you know, do I do what I say I'm going to do? If if I tell my kids I'm going to do something, do I follow through? If I um, tell my boss I'm going to do something, do I follow through? If I tell myself I'm going to do something, <laughs> do I follow through? And that's a huge one. I know like that's really probably good. everyone i am in a constant battle with the snooze button <laughs> on my alarm clock you know and it just the more you do it the more that just becomes your culture yeah i hit snooze but you know and i don't mean to make it you know too mm-hmm. <laughs> too intense here but the more we say to ourselves i'm going to do this and don't do it we're building that culture inside of ourselves that oh it's okay if i don't you know, if I don't follow through with that. Um, so it's the question, the overarching question is, do I do what I say I'm going to do? And I think when we have the fear of the Lord, we are dismantling arrogance, pride, self-centeredness, all those things. And I love in Proverbs 8, 13, uh, it talks about the fear of the Lord and it gives us confidence. But the fear of the Lord also is a hatred for evil. Mm-hmm. And that pride and arrogance is the way of evil and perverted speech God hates. And so I think every time we walk in the fear of the Lord, it dismantles pride, it dismantles arrogance. And see, sometimes we go after positional authority, so I feel better about myself, mm-hmm. which is pride. Yeah. And then I start treating people maybe uh, that I'm better than them, which is arrogance. It's a part of the seven things that God hates that are an abomination to him. And so if I walk in the fear of the Lord, that constantly keeps me in a place of humility and conviction of recognizing, you know, I'm not all that, that Mm -hmm. I am what I am by the grace of God. And the fear of the Lord really helps me hold steady to that place. So guess what? We all have a higher authority, right? Our God is the highest authority. It doesn't matter what authority we walk in, there is a higher authority. And so I think as those in positional authority, those walking in moral authority, no matter where that is at, the fact is we serve and submit to a higher authority. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. I don't... I don't think that I uh, heard you speak on this before, so that's probably why I'm kind of quiet because I'm kind of taking it all in. Mm -hmm. But as we were talking, I always have to put it through my own mental grid. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of processing, you know, the difference between positional authority and moral authority. And I kind of come to the conclusion that positional authority is people follow the position. And moral authority is people follow the person. Yeah, that's a very good way of saying it. People will follow the position. But that's where I also said in the beginning that if someone in positional authority Mm -hmm. walks in moral authority, then that gives them a greater ability to do good in the world. Well, that's a great question that you can ask yourself. If you are in a position of authority, are people following me because I'm in this position or do they truly want to follow where I'm leading them, not just because it depends upon their job Mm -hmm. or, you know, so I think that's a, if you're, if you're evaluating where you're at, maybe that's a question that you can ask yourself. Are the people just uh, doing what I'm telling them because they have to, yeah. and it's part of the position, or am I really leading them and they're they're following my lead, not necessarily uh, a, 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 title. Pos- a yeah. title or a position of authority? 
Joe, I love the way you think because you just have taken the last so 40 minutes or so and put it in a very simple nutshell. Very simple, but very, very powerful and profound because uh, we all lead, we all have influence somewhere, mm -hmm. but we don't want people to follow us just because we are the positional leader. It's like a parent saying, do it because I told you to. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Hey, believe me. I've said those things sometimes. <laughs> I have a son that, uh, why? 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 So sometimes I just use that. I, I don't have time to have this conversation. And sometimes I do explain, but sometimes it's like, uh, I just need you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe they don't, know what, what, they don't want to know why. They just want to try to find an excuse why. <laughs> they don't have to do it or something. Well, there was one time... Uh, I I gave him like a simple answer and he's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forget what it was, but I was like, oh, that was nice. And isn't it true if we do go through the word of God, uh, we don't find just commandments. We find lots of wisdom and wise and knowledge mm -hmm. and heart. And for God so loved the world. And, and you just you just look at that, and we're really drawn to God because of His love, and because of His heart for us, more than His power. Yeah. And if we if we care about His heart, then the power accompanies that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you, even when you were saying about the fear of the Lord, that just comes with being near to the Lord, mm -hmm. um, because if you do just look at Him as a positional authority God, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to serve him in a different way than yeah. if you see him as uh, the God of moral authority. And so I think along with the fear of the Lord, like that, that really comes by learning his character, learning his nature, learning who he is. Um, because, you know, you could have a boss and you're just so used to positional authority that you just do what they say and you don't get to know them as a person. But sometimes the more we get to know a person, the more we're able to see where they're at in their moral authority and um, decide whether we want to follow them or not. And so I think even with the Lord, that comes into play. The more we get to know him as a person, as a um, yes, holy, yes, sovereign, yes, um, God of all, but him in his character, his per who his personhood, um, then the more we get to decide, do I want to follow this God or do I not? And if you're really seeing him, you're going to want to follow him because to, to know him is to love him. <laughs> The goodness of God just leads us to repentance. It changes yeah. the way we think. And I really feel like in the culture, in the body of Christ, if you just take the whole body of Christ and all its expressions, I really, you, you can see uh, a fraction of the body of Christ that it is about law. Mm -hmm. It is about rules. And it's like, man, if you mess up, get ready. The hammer is going to come down and bop you. And, and oh, man, if you make a mistake, get ready. All hell's going to break loose. Yeah. Or or you, you always have to find what's wrong inside of you to just, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. it, or wrong, not just inside of you, but inside of others. And it's like we're trying to conform everyone to our convictions and our ideas and our opinions. And, and it's really not just negatively affecting the influence of the body of Christ, 
um, because I've dealt with some people in the world that when they found out I was a Christian, I had to immediately apologize for how some Christians treated them. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, it's not going to be by all our rules and our laws and all those things. We've got to represent God's heart to the world because when they see his heart, they're going to want him. Mm -hmm. But if all they have is rules, then we're just focusing on God's positional authority and not his moral authority. And I want his positional authority in my life because Mm -hmm. he loves me and he values me and he sent Jesus to pay the highest price for me. And boy, that's another another thing. I I don't even know if I have it in my teaching. I'll have to add it because it's all a new training. But when you have a positional leader willing to lay down their life in in a way it will cause you to want to follow that leader yeah. because no one is going to sacrifice for you if they do not love you or do not carry moral authority mm-hmm. so when we go above and beyond our role our leadership position and just really do something to value it makes me think of my my daughter uh she's in corporate in this company. And when she goes to the different properties, she'll just go do after the workday's over, she'll go down because they're open 24 hours a day, Mm -hmm. these properties. And she'll go down and just say, how can I serve? And just do the things that the quote unquote, I hate to say it this way, because it's not in value, but in position, the lower level employees have to do the dirty work as it were. And she goes down and does the dirty work with them. Well, instantly these people love her and it changes their whole view of corporate. (laughs) Yeah. That's moral authority right there because they're willing to sacrifice. They're willing to invest. And I think that's what gives parents moral authority. They see that mom and dad are willing to invest and pay a price for them and, and, you know, do things to empower them to succeed. And you know, my mom's 98 years old and I just looked throughout my life with my mom and she would constantly do things and sacrifice so that it could be better for us. I don't know if we could have started our church here if it wasn't for her giving to us every month when Stephen didn't have a job. So, you know, she'd come up and if it wasn't for that, Joel would have had that gallon of milk once a month, you know, <laughs> and he'd sneak out in the middle of the night and open up the refrigerator and we'd catch him (laughs) guzzling down that gallon of milk because we only had one gallon a month. So he'd be drinking as much as he could in the middle of the night while we were all sleeping. And, um, but it was my mom doing all those things. That was a moral authority. We, we didn't love her just because she was our mom. We loved her because she continued to give her life to us, even when we were adults and had our own kids. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's really powerful there. That was a big rabbit trail, but boy, I, I like that. I have to add that. You know, are we willing to sacrifice? Yeah. You know, I think that's really, really important. So that's another one of those good questions to ask. Am I willing to sacrifice or for others or mm-hmm. is it, you know, all about me? Um, I think just also just asking, you know, how do I show up in the world? It takes that self-assessment um, mm-hmm. aspect of just asking myself, where am I currently on some of these things? Where are the areas that I want to develop? So how do I show up in the world? Um, how do people see me? You know, sometimes we're so focused on how we see us um, and and how others see us in a, in a self-centered way. But but how are they seeing me? Um, am I a trustworthy person? Do I keep my word? Um, 
even, you know, what is my social reputation? What is the person that I'm putting out there? Uh, does that person match the life I'm living in private? Uh, so it's just asking ourselves these questions of, am I living a life of moral authority? And what are some areas that I want to take on and really develop that area in my life? Amen. All right. Honestly, uh, maybe we can just close with my favorite scripture. Sure. Uh, and it's Micah 6, 8. I'm going to show you a man what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, use our power for good, right? Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.